Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Pastor Brock, on our previous show, we were doing a show with the hard questions. Yes. And we didn't get through all of those hard <laughs> questions. So today, can we finish up some Let's more? Let's go with the hard ones, Jackie. Okay. First one. Is birth control wrong? Now, is birth control wrong? I believe for sure what we call abortifacients are wrong, which cause a mini abortion. I think those are wrong. I believe that's like the IUD and stuff. What about, you know, condoms, that kind of thing? You know, this is a hard one for me because, you know, now, I have problems with Roman Catholicism, purgatory indulgences, praying to the saints, all that, but on moral issues, the Catholic Church is really on target, and they have papers that they write explaining why they believe, and they're very big on birth control being wrong, except for the rhythm method, which is more natural. And you know what, Jackie? Before the 1930s, pretty much all the Protestant denominations said birth control is wrong. So I think we need to take that into heart, chew on it, pray about it. Are certain types of birth control that are not at all abortifacients okay? I'm just gonna ask Christians to pray on that and seek the Lord on that. I don't have a super clear answer for people. Okay, that's honest. <laughs> <laughs> If a Christian denies Christ under, the, under persecution, that's, they're being persecuted. Yeah. Can they still be saved? Well, you know, Jesus said, he who denies being before men, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Uh, but on the other hand, Jackie, can you think of somebody that denied Jesus three times and we know he's in heaven? Judas? Uh, Peter. Peter, Peter three times, times denied, denied Jesus, Jesus and he, we know he, so if there's true repentance after denying Christ, I believe there's forgiveness. But Jackie, something, I, I pray for the persecuted Christian churches about once a week and I, I pray, Lord, may they not deny you. May they die before they would deny you. And Jackie, then I pray that for myself. Lord, may I die before I would ever deny you. I'd rather have that then, okay, I'll repent and get forgiven later. I'd rather die for Christ. You gotta die anyway, you might as well die for Christ, you know, okay. You know, Pastor Brock, will God forgive someone if they're doing the same sin over and over? Yeah. I mean, you can ask for forgiveness every right. time, but if you continue to yeah. do it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Peter said, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Uh, seven times, and Jesus said no, 70 times seven. So if I have to forgive you per day, 490 times, Jackie, I believe God's doing at least that much for me. So whenever there's true repentance and true faith in Christ, there's forgiveness, even if you've done this sin multiple times. That's true. It's also true that if you're living in impenitent sin, you're not saved. Do you remember, Jackie, the mud puddle story? Here's a guy that walks down the street. He slips and he falls in a mud puddle. Brushes himself off, keeps walking, falls in another mud puddle. Gets up, brushes himself off, keeps walking. That's a Christian. 
But here comes man number two down the street, slips and falls into a mud puddle, pitches his tent in the mud puddle, lives the rest of his life in the mud puddle. That person is not a Christian. And again, I get this from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Jackie, if, if somebody comes to me and they've had sex outside of marriage and they're sorry, we pray, I announce the forgiveness of sins, I maybe give them communion, you're forgiven. But if they come in and they're living with their girlfriend and they don't think anything's wrong with this, I tell them, according to 1 Corinthians 6, fornicators don't go to heaven. You need to repent now. So yes, there's repentance and forgiveness for sinning more than once in an area. But if you're living in it, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 says you're not going to the kingdom. You know, Pastor Brock, if a person commits suicide, yeah. is that person lost lost well and going to hell i mean they've committed murder right and you know i'll tell you what when i was 13 sitting in lutheran confirmation class somebody asked the pastor that question and he quoted first john three fifteen, where it says we know that no murderer has eternal life dwelling in him so he said if you murder yourself you're not going to heaven now on the other hand I don't believe that quite anymore. I believe there are people who are truly Christian and their last act is a desperation where they sin and they kill themselves. Well, did Jesus die for that sin? I think he did. Um, and I'm not encouraging, and if you're thinking of suicide, call and get help, do not do that. But I, I, I know a pastor who, there was a dear Christian woman of his church and she was having problems and she killed herself. And his belief was that sin also was covered by the blood of Christ. Um, so that, <clears throat> I think there are Christians that have, I, I will say this, have dis difference of opinion. But Jackie, I will, some people say, well, you, the, the lady went to hell because she didn't have time to ask for forgiveness. Well, my response is everybody will die not having had time to ask forgiveness for all their sins. It's a grievous sin and it's a horrible sin and I encourage no one to do it. Um, and this is a question that I think sincere Christians disagree on. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes disagreement is good, though, too. Yeah. And, and, and to say, like Paul the Apostle said, now I know in part, in heaven I shall understand fully. Yeah. Can a person be pro-choice and still say they're a Christian? Uh, we have politicians who say they're Catholics or say they're born-again Christians and they are for no restrictions whatever on abortion. Are they truly saved? I'll let the Lord answer that one. Uh, again, let me give you an example, Jackie. When I was in college, my roommate Scott and his girlfriend were having sex and they come to me one day, Tom, do you think, it, do you think abortion's wrong? I said, at this point I was confused, well, who knows when the soul goes into the unborn child? I don't know. Well, do you think it's wrong that we're having sex outside of marriage? Well, you're, you're planning on getting married, aren't you? So maybe not. And then I, then I got more biblical. And I had to call, and then I transferred to a different college. I called them, long distance, Scott and Beth. Remember when you asked me if sex outside of marriage is a sin? Forgive me. It is a sin, 1 Corinthians 6, fornicators don't go to heaven. And, do, and is abortion wrong? Thou shalt not kill. Yes, it's a sin. So I think you can be confused on those issues. Um, but then once you're confronted on the truth, 
I mean, I won't name the certain politician I'm thinking of. She says she's a Catholic, and nobody is more pro-abortion than she is. So I, I, I love it when the Catholic Church withholds communion from those people. Hallelujah. And Jackie, we kill 3,000 babies a day in the United States. And I'm on a clergy Facebook page with some extremely liberal Lutheran pastors who just don't think there should be any restrictions at all on abortion. And Jesus said, you know, beware of these people that are causing little children to stumble, little children to be killed. And it's just tra I'll say it again, you've heard this a hundred times. Uh, if you're a PCUSA Presbyterian, if you're a United Church of Christ Congregationalist, if you're an Episcopal Church in America Episcopalian, or if you're an ELCA Lutheran, those denominations, Jackie, pay for abortions with offering dollars in the church's health care plan. And in the ELCA Lutheran, there's no, no restriction, not for life of the mother or for health, it's for any reason whatsoever. Is there any, any reason, any, any wonder, that those denominations are shrinking and dying and the numbers in those churches, the membership has gone way down and it should go way down. Okay, hmm. is it okay for a Christian to attend a gay wedding? Yeah. I mean, there are people who have relatives and things like that yep. that are doing this mm -hmm. and it's a tough decision. Uh -huh. Do you, if you go to the wedding, are you condoning what they? Yeah. Well, if I was, if I, if my niece was a lesbian and she, Uncle Tom, would you come to my lesbian wedding? I'd have to lovingly, humbly say, you know, honey, I, I love you. I want you to go to heaven. According to the Bible, if you live in that lifestyle, you're not going to heaven. So I don't want to encourage you in any way to get married to this woman. So I'm going to have to forgo and I can't come. I'd say no. I do it lovingly and humbly, and I know, a, I know somebody that did that lovingly and humbly, and that side of the family won't talk to them anymore. Well, if you did it lovingly and humbly, they can't fault you for anything. It's their problem now. So I wouldn't go to the gay wedding, Jackie. Okay. Yeah. Are all sins equal in God's sight? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think sometimes that some sins are worse than others, mm -hmm. like little sins. Yeah. And people probably yeah. use that as an excuse a yeah. lot of times. Well, you hear in a lot of churches, all <laughs> sin is the same. Well, and, and I heard a pastor say, you know, Catholics have mortal sins, which are deadly sins, and venial sins, which aren't so serious. And I heard a pastor say, every sin is mortal, meaning every sin without the blood of Christ is going to send you to hell. But let's ask the question, are there certain sins that are more heavy duty than others? The answer is yes. Pilate, Jesus said to Pilate, he, Judas, who delivered me up to you, is guilty of the greater sin than you, Pilate, who's going to have me killed. So in, according to Jesus, Judas's sin was more serious than Pilate's sin. And Jackie, I'd rather you hate me than kill me. So I think there is degrees. Again, every sin is mortal in the sense that without Christ's blood, we're all going to hell. Um, so... There you go. <laughs> Pastor Brock, how does a person know their repentance is genuine? I mean... Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, some people overdo it and they, some people underdo it. And hey, I can, I can sin and get forgiven. I'll just repent afterwards. That might show that you're really not saved if you've got that flippant of an attitude toward God. 
But on the other hand, people can overdo it and, oh, am I truly repentant? If I'm not truly repentant, then I'm really not forgiven. Well, it doesn't say you have to be perfectly repentant. Nobody is perfectly repentant this side of heaven. So I wouldn't be over scrupulous on this. If you're sorry for your sins and you wish you wouldn't have done it. I mean, Jackie, <laughs> years ago, I'm watching the Johnny Carson show. Zsa, Zsa Gabor is on the Johnny Carson show. What, she had eight husbands or whatever? Johnny says, Zsa, Zsa Looking back on your life, would you do anything different? Oh, no, Johnny, I just do everything the same. And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. Jackie, there are many things I've done that I wish I wouldn't have done. That's what repentance is. And if you're sorry for your sin and your trust in Christ, you're forgiven. Well, I think there's probably a majority of the people that are in their, that same mode yeah. in that yeah. it would be terrible. It's all, it's all, yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people just, oh, no, I wouldn't do anything different. Jaja, you had eight husbands? You wouldn't do anything different? You know? Okay, so. Uh. How does one know for sure that they're one of the elect? Yep, the word elect means chosen ones. Right. And, and on the previous show, we talked about God predestining people and electing some to salvation. Well, how do I, find, how do I know if I'm one of those elect? I would go to 1 Corinthians chapter, where is that? Um, chapter... 12, verse 3, where Paul the Apostle says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So, Jackie, if you can say and mean that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, if you can, if you can truly do that, you're elect. Because God, you can't do that on your own. You, the only reason you have faith in Christ is because God elected you and gave you the gift of faith. So if you have faith in Christ, that's evidence that you've been chosen and elect. Yeah. We got 13 minutes to go. Keep going, yeah, Jackie. I am. I'm, not, I'm not done yet, <laughs> okay. and I know you've got some other I questions I sure too do. that people have said yep, that I don't have. All so. right, here we go. <laughs> so, if Jesus is God, who is He praying to in the garden Himself? Okay, here you get from people that don't believe in the Trinity. Sometimes you get, well, if you believe Jesus is God, who is He praying to in the Garden of Gethsemane? Was He praying to Himself? And the answer is, and this is the mystery of the Trinity. Let me explain it again. Trinity means three in one. We believe there's only one God, not three gods. There's only one God. But in God are three eternal persons. God the Father who made us, God the Son who died for us, God the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Not three gods, one God in three persons. But Jackie, even though it's only one God, there are distinctions in the Godhead. The Father is not exactly the same as the Son, who is not exactly the same as the Spirit. So the best answer is, when Jesus was praying in the garden, it was God the Son, as a man, praying to God the Father in heaven. Even though they're one, there are still distinctions. So then, I guess, did God die on the cross okay, is a good question, yeah. but you kind of sort of All right, gone right but, to it. But Jackie, you know a certain pastor, and so do I that was our associate pastor at Hope Lutheran Church. And one day he prays in front of the whole church, Oh God the Father, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. And after church I took him aside and I said, Pastor Rich, um, that's, that's a heresy called patripassionism, which is Latin for the Father suffered. And the truth is, God the Father did not die on the cross. Now he suffered to see his son die on the cross, but Jesus is the one who suffered on the cross for our atonement. God the Father did not die on the cross. So like I say, even though there's one God, there are still distinctions between the three persons. 
Okay. And some of this is beyond us. I mean, Jackie, somebody said once, if you doubt the Trinity, you'll lose your salvation. If you try to understand the Trinity, you'll lose your mind. <laughs> Oh, so, that's, there you. that's probably a good liking <laughs> to it. <laughs> Is it okay for a person to watch R-rated movies? You know, we're being hit with so many things that even on our TV sets with children and things like that, yeah. you have to be careful. Yes, you do. And Jackie, it troubles me that so many Christians will rent an R-rated movie without even thinking about it. I, I, Jackie, I don't get, uh, I was just in Florida preaching for four weeks. And I was staying at a house where they let me have the whole house and they had Netflix in their house. I don't have cable TV in my house. I don't have Netflix. But then I started looking through the movie and Netflix is supposed to be one of the cleaner ones. It was filthy stuff. As I, just looking through the titles, it was filthy stuff. And I'm thinking, ooh, I don't want this in my house. So I want to encourage you, before you rent that R-rated video, before you get things like HBO Showtime, which really can be sexually explicit, I think people need to get that stuff out of their house. Well, I think people too, you know, adults are one thing, but if you have children oh. who are flipping through TV yeah. channels, yeah. and I've got two grandchildren yeah. that are young, and they know how to use the I remote. Know. I know, and, and you know, I'm gonna tell you this, Jackie. I have a friend who looked at his daughter's iPhone and discovered that his daughter is seven years old. And he discovered she had watched hardcore pornography for three hours the night before. And, and he said to me, I don't think my daughter's perverted or anything. I think she's just curious. And I, my, the point I made to him is, you gotta put a screen on her phone. And, and I talk, the guy that puts our TV shows on the website so people can see our TV shows, I said to him, because I don't understand this stuff, and I said, most parents are putting blocks on their kids' phones so they can't see pornography, right? And he said, nope, most of them don't know how to do it. Listen, you better find out how to do it. I, this porno I mean, Jackie, I just preached this. When I was a little boy, there was a copy of Playboy under the counter at the drugstore. You had to be an adult to get to it. Today, all you have to do is turn on your phone. Five, seven-year-olds can turn on their phone and not get Playboy, but hardcore pornography. So I wanna encourage you, and if you've got a problem with porn, Google the words covenant eyes, and it'll, I have blocks on my phone and on my laptop, because I pay the money, what is it, $11 a month, to keep the crud off, off my, uh, off my uh, computer and laptop and iPhone. Uh, covenant eyes, that's well worth the money. You know, isn't it a sad thing to think, though, that you have to have all of these blocks and mm -hmm. everything and that? Uh, Shows you know. how wicked humankind is. Right. I mean, I mean, think of it, Jackie. Our TV show, all the shows that people are seeing, they can go to pastorstudy.org, watch all of our TV shows. There's a blessing. I love to watch Pastor John Piper's sermons and stuff. There is great stuff on the internet, but my, 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 it's from hell to, I mean, a huge percentage of, of the internet is hardcore pornography now. You know, and I guess the other thing is, is you know, when you stop and think about all these young children that are getting these phones and using it to watch movies mm -hmm. and stuff and that, and there's no control. I know. You it's, walk into a restaurant and here's 10 people around a table and eight of them are looking <laughs> down. That's doing stuff to us. 
But again, my, my main point is if you've got a porn problem, covenant eyes, Google those words and put it, put, what you do is you get, you, you, that it'll block stuff, but it'll, once a week it'll report to your accountability partner if you've looked at stuff you shouldn't. It's a good deterrent. Wow. I didn't know that there was such a yeah. thing. <laughs> or find out how to block your kids from getting pornography. Okay. Why is so much of the Old Testament about details of the temple and genealogies <laughs> yeah. and sacrifices? Yeah. I it, mean, the I, Old Testament is so different from the New Testament. Yeah. Why yeah. did that, yeah. is it historical? Because? Well, uh, two, two things to say on this. First of all, the God of the Old Testament is the same God as the God of the New Testament. When I tell people that I don't think Jews, Christians, and Muslims worship the same God, uh, one of them recently said to me, but what about the Jews? You know, they believe in the Old Testament God. And my response is, Jesus said, if you don't honor me, you don't honor the Father. So I don't think the Jews believe in the Old Testament God who predicted the Christ would come, die on the cross, etc. So, but uh, back to my main point, the Old Testament God is the same as the New Testament God. Um, so Mike, the question is, if you read the book of Leviticus, if you read the book of Numbers, it goes on and on and on about how the temple, you know, the book of Ezekiel, how the temple's gonna be built and the curtains and all this, and it goes into such detail. Why does it do that? And I, I think that's gonna be one of the questions I'm gonna ask in heaven too, because why didn't God explain predestination for two chapters? That would have made things easy, you know. But part of the answer is, all the Bible was not written just for us in the 21st century. God was forming himself a people in the Old Testament. He wanted a sacrificial system in the Old Testament. And it might sound boring and detailed to us, but it was God getting things ready to send Jesus as the primary sacrifice who would do away with the Old Testament sacrifices. It all fits together, but you're right. Reading through Leviticus can be a little bit of hard plowing. <laughs> So, yeah. Tom, you mentioned that yes. you had some questions that people yep. have sent yep. to you directly. Yeah, we got five minutes, and here's a lady that writes in, Pastor Brock, how about a program on what the Bible says about calling someone a fool? All right, let's do that. Matthew 5 said, I mean, I, I remember my brother once called me a fool. I said, Mark, Jesus said if you call somebody a fool, you can go to hell for that. And Jackie, I don't like calling people fool knucklehead, idiot. I don't use those words because Jesus said, if you call your brother a fool, you are in danger of hellfire. How about stupid? Stupid is the same. <laughs> I wouldn't call somebody stupid. Now, on a rare occasion, is it okay to call somebody a fool? On a rare occasion, it is because Jesus called the Pharisees fool. Paul the apostle called the Galatians fools for going back to legalism. And James says, you fool. Uh, to some of these people in the book of James. So I'm not saying it's a 100% total ban on it, but I'd be very, very careful before I would call someone a fool. All right, some other questions that have come in, unless you've got a follow-up. No, go ahead. Okay, here you we go. You told me you had a couple. Uh, I got a gazillion of them. Uh, we have people writing questions, here's one. Why does God say in Romans 9.13 that he hates Esau? I'm wondering that because God says for us not to hate people. Well, uh, again, the first show we did on the hard questions was talking about predestination. Romans chapter 9 says, Jacob I have loved, Esau, his older brother, I have hated. And in that verse, God's talking about choosing Joseph, uh, Jacob, but not choosing Esau. 
So it's a matter, of, and, and so, you know, does God hate anybody? There are a few places in the Bible where it says he does. So, you know, God loves everybody. There's the general love of God for God. So love the world that he gave his only begotten son, the general love of God for all sinners. But there are a few places in the Bible where it says that God hates someone. And I, I thinking what that means is if you turn your back on God and just continually reject him and God hard and, and get so hard hearted toward God that you get what you get. So, you know, I think a lot of people probably would take that out of context too and say, well, God wouldn't do that yeah. because God gives yeah. everybody right. a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here is or the person that says my loving Jesus wouldn't send anyone to hell. And I say to that person, then what do you do with the verse where Jesus says, depart from me, you wicked, into the eternal fire? Jesus says that. So when people, my Jesus would never do this. Well, then maybe you don't have the Jesus of the New Testament. I mean, I was just talking with the Mormon. And, well, I believe in Jesus. And I said, yeah, but he's not the Jesus of the New Testament. We got to follow the, not the Jesus of our imagination, but the Jesus of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, let's keep going here, Jackie. Yeah. Um, uh, let's we'll save that one. Okay, well, all right, I'm going to do this one. This person goes to the Wells Lutheran Church, the Wisconsin Synod of the Lutheran Church. And I've heard you mention Missouri Synod. That's what I'm a member of now. But you rarely mention the Wells. Why? I do believe, okay, for non-Lutherans, in a nutshell, um, ELCA Lutherans is the big, very liberal Lutheran denomination I would send no one to. The Missouri Synod, the Association of Free Lutheran Congregations, the Lutheran Brethren, uh, the Lutheran Church of the Lutheran Confession, all of those are good biblical churches. The Wisconsin Synod is a good biblical Lutheran church. However, they have some narrow beliefs that conservative as I am, I can't stand like if you're a Wisconsin Synod Lutheran, you're not supposed to pray with anyone unless they believe just like the Wisconsin Synod. That means I can't pray with a Baptist. Jackie, where's that in the Bible? I have Baptist Christian friends that I love. You better believe we pray together, but not in the Wisconsin Synod. So that's why they're, they're a little strict to me. I didn't realize that there was a synod that was like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can be, I mean, the ELCA is falling off the liberal side of the horse, but I don't want to fall off on the legalistic overdoing its side of the horse either. But again, I believe there are many people in the Wisconsin Senate who love the Lord. Where did synods come from? Just, it was a historical thing where the Swedes were this and the Norwegians were this, and then they so, merge, and okay. so it's kind of a big deal. Jackie, we just got 30 seconds left, but everybody, Jackie and I want to thank you for watching this show. We've been doing this program for 31 years, and we just thank you for your prayers. It's your support that keeps us on the air nationally now, and, and just we'd encourage you to go to our website, pastorstudy.org. You can see all of our TV show for free there. People support us through that, or you can send us uh, uh, any kind of support. But see you next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. 
If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the pastor's study. P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.